following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. We're experiencing Bondroot's hospitality on this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me I have... And Samurai Derail Maddox, finally making an appearance again. Yes! And also... Editorial writer, Laserkid. We, uh, we, we had a, a nice surprise that the second season of Made in Abyss is coming to Toonami this upcoming week! But there's a little problem. There is a plot important movie that is not going to air and we watched it so you don't have to i think it killed kuro uh yeah, yeah. i uh, i asked kuro if she wanted to be on this knowing full well her uh, feelings towards the movie and her feelings towards me for suggesting she watch it <laughs> oh, oh. You you really traumatized Kuro with uh. Me. I, I guess the, the series didn't seem to bother her that much, but as soon as we watched that movie and we were talking about that movie, oh god, it it, it killed her, and I feel so bad for her. Things happen in that movie that yes. are unpleasant to experience. This is not untrue. Very, very unpleasant to experience. I mean, I've sat through some stuff, man, but. This is one of the all-time most unpleasant movies that I have seen. I know, right? It's, it's... like you, you you watch it once and you kind of never want to watch it again. Oh yeah, no, uh, totally. No. I'm probably. I, no, I I'm, good it. On that, dude. I'm glad that I watched it for plot purposes. Do I ever want to watch again? Uh, no. Dude, <laughs> this was the equivalent of Jägermeister for me because I hate Jäger. <laughs> I hate Jägermeister with a passion. Right along with Hennessy. You know better, you do better. So yeah, this was like a combination of Hennessy and Jägermeister mixed together, and it left a bad taste in my mouth. But for plot, you know, just filling those plot holes. I mean, it's really good writing. It's just super depressing. Uh, super depressing. Super disturbing. Super yeah. Twisted. Uh, I I mean, what what happens to Nanashi and Mitty? And all of those other tough subjects that we see in the uh, last episode of season one, you, you know that Bondrude's a, a sick, sick puppy. I'm going to put it to you like this, man. Bondrude <laughs> makes Shao Tucker look like a goddamn saint. Uh, you know, I would normally <laughs> want to argue with that. But I yeah, probably, because uh, I, I, I feel like it's some manner Shao Tucker has like at least a bit of remorse for what he's done he snapped this, this shout this, tucker snap this is deliberate choicing over here bondrude bondrude's research is so important to him that he has this developed this twisted sense of love for his test subjects and he takes it to the logical extreme in this film yeah. because as he learned from the experiment with Nanashi and Midi, 
if somebody else is there to absorb the bad parts of the curse, then somebody else can potentially receive just what he considers the blessing. And that's when you don't necessarily lose all of your capacities. You might take on a better form? Debatable? Eh. You get turned into a furry. <laughs> yeah, you, you get turned into a, a a fuzzy bunny rabbit type thing. Or other things it's not necessarily that but but you're you... you're you're still a, um very much sentient alive and yeah. arguably not suffering while simply existing yeah which is what happened to midi yeah you're not you're not human anymore at least not no. physically but you you're you're not worse off per se and you have developed Amazing new things like Nanachi has a really good smell and hearing, right? So these are superhuman abilities. And Bondrood is very interested in using the blessing to develop superhuman abilities, which is something that he has done. And he also has plenty of other tricks up his sleeve. But as this film starts out, they're just beginning their next leg of the journey. They go to a garden of eternal fortunes and there's these really nasty bugs that need to be eradicated so one of bondrude's umbra hands as he calls them or like helping hands is uh just burning all of these flowers in order to kill these insect creatures yeah i think they were called stinger heads uh, something like that and yeah it was a, it was called a stinger head and of course, our uh, our trio does get into a little bit of trouble there, but they manage to get out of there fairly unscathed. And the Umberhand says that Bondrood is awaiting their arrival. Very <sighs> interesting. Oh. Well, Nanachi knows that there's no way to get down to the sixth lair without confronting Bondrood. Unless they're, like, really lucky and he's not home. But as you may come to understand, he's always home, somehow, some way. <laughs> I mean, so, like, dude is like literally like the Orochi Maru of the fucking dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, I'm just, uh, I'm just it's just the references tonight, man. That really just or that, that just really just Naraku, one of the yeah, and Naraku could have multiple forms. Exactly. Yeah, Bondred could be in multiple bodies at multiple times because he has a special relic called the. Uh, it's, a, oh. it's called a Zoaholic. Yeah, the Zoaholic, which is like a vulva-shaped plant thing. You might as well just say he got a special type of. Damn mind. Shut up, Darrell. <laughs> just think of the rose, people. The rose, ladies. You know what I'm talking about. You know what the rose is. That's... <laughs> oh my gosh. Look, as people who are about to experience season two will come to understand very quickly, there's a lot of genitalia shaped things in Made in Abyss. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's like a really phallic type of thing. Dicks! On. Dicks as far as the eye can see. <laughs> yeah, finally got to the dicks point. You everywhere. Gotta... <laughs> You're saying I don't know dick? Uh, you got some solid dick. Uh, <laughs> so they go down to Bondrude's base, the Edo fronts, 
And they meet a cute little girl named Prushka, who refers to Bondrude as Papa. Oh, no. Mm, I don't know how to feel about that one. Well, actually, I know exactly how to feel about that one, but when it first happened, I didn't know how to feel about that one. So, unsurprisingly, she makes quick friends with Rico and, uh, well, mainly with Rico. I mean, Reg doesn't really trust her, and the Nazi really doesn't trust her. And so she mainly makes friends with Rico, and uh, Prushka also has a, a little creature that hangs out with her named Menya. It's a little uh, fuzzy bunny-looking thing with kind of a frog face. It's cute! It's cute, and it poops. That's about right. <laughs> yep. So, Bondrude offers his hospitality to them. He gives them a room to stay in, though it's awfully similar to a jail cell, though there's no bars. Kind of like a dungeon room. Like, in a submarine, like, that kind of door. (laughs) So, they're given that room and some provisions, because, you know, they're hungry. And later that night, Nanashi goes to talk to Bondrude and asks, hey, look, I'll be your assistant again if you grant everyone else passage to the sixth lair. He's like, okay, I'll let the girl go. Well, what about the robot boy? Oh, about that. Oh, boy. It seems I may have already started some research. Oh, boy. This is... To the uncomfortableness. This is... Oh, disgusting. Yeah. They got Reg hooked up to this machine. A bunch of the umber hands are hoarded around him. Taking fluids of every orifice. Uh, Including the dick. Yeah. Not entirely sure what that liquid was. I don't think I want to know. Both both answers are not good. Uh, And then they wanted to test his durability. So they used Bondrude's special laser, which has similar properties to Reg's incinerator. Only it's, you know, kind of a finer point laser. And they slice off his arm and you can see the blood inside of his arm just kind of gush out and it's ugh yeah. <laughs> very uncomfortable yeah not uh, not good no not not good at all um, uh, and Prushka tries to stop them and they're like no you're not allowed up here it's like why am I not allowed up here uh, Prushka helped Rico who once again classic Rico has to find the bathroom in the middle of the night and she's not sure where to go and she starts walking up some steps and we all know that that's not a good idea. No, not really a good idea at all. She starts getting hit by the curse. But thankfully, Prushka is able to guide her up the steps. But uh, Rico still gets some damage. Like she, uh, She thinks she makes it up the steps, but in reality, she fell down the steps, smashed up her face, and uh, is, is not, not doing so great. You know, Rico's, I have to say it, man, 
She literally is just constantly taking insane shits, man. Like, what? No. How weak is your constitution that you have to go to the toilet like that, man? Yeah, she got to go a lot. I believe, I believe a freaking author has like a dookie finish, man. <laughs> Probably. I mean, like seriously, it's like some of the things that made in the this just kind of like they really kind of. It's kind of disturbing that time. Like, seriously? Dude, what is your problem? I'm like, it's like, I'm like, I'm just wondering what it would be like if I had some damn edibles and I watched Made in the Abyss or I was like, <laughs> oh my God. It's like you're I experiencing mean, the curse. Shit, the curse, man. <laughs> I just don't know, man. But I still feel like dude got like a dookie fetish and a phallic. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, the the, the the authors barely disguised fetish. The <laughs> uh, yeah, like, dude, I really don't want to see a character constantly going to the john. No, I don't think any of us really want to see that. It's just kind of weird. No. I'm like, dude, this is. But how else would you find out that the bathrooms at the uh, at Bondred's place are just all hole in the ground? Yeah. We ain't gonna talk about the other one. Jojo, get your heart out. Could have <laughs> Yeah, pulled it around. <laughs> I, I think I'll hold it. <laughs> well, to be honest with you, if you ever Hey man, been, that pig's gotta eat. If you have ever been in certain parts of the world, man, yeah, they are toilets like that where you have to literally squat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mainly like I know in some parts of India, Middle East. Like, now me, I choose to squat because I don't want to touch public toilets. I mean, yeah. <laughs> dude, I don't even remember the last time I used a, a public toilet. Dude, I won't even use the toilet at work, and that's in my office because that toilet is of Satan itself, man. <laughs> I have cleaned this toilet repeatedly, man. The only and toilet that's comfortable is the one at home. Home, exactly. That's my throne, sir. I don't throne. like to poop at strange places. <laughs> Thank you, Family Guy, for expressing my feelings. <laughs> exactly. But this was just so freaking interesting, though, man. I mean, you really find out that Bon Drew is just like a piece of shit, man. And just, ah, he's, <sighs> a, he's a sicko. I mean, yeah. I, I do get, I do get, I do understand for the sake of trying to figure out the secrets of the abyss, man. But this is just like inhumane. It's like I just don't give a fuck about human life. Period. You know, I'm just gonna get the results that I want because I need to know. I mean, I think like the abyss is like a living organism anyway. So the DB going to it, man, trying to come back up, you're basically going to lose yourself. So I don't even think I would want to be a cave raider, man. No, I, I, I think that the moral of the story is don't, don't be a cave raider. It's bad for you, okay? I was like, <laughs> I would rather just do things like, dude, I can be a cook. I know how to cook in the first place. I was like, cave raiding, pass. Honestly, based on all the dangers that you know about before you ever go in there, you have to be at least a little crazy to want to go in there. Exactly. You got things in there that can kill you. And that's the stuff that you know about. Exactly. Not the unknowns. 
Yeah. Now, I will give Rico props, though, man. Like, whenever she finds this edible, man, she makes it look delicious, though. <laughs> oh, she eats some nasty-looking stuff in the yeah, second she season. Does. Oh, yeah. boy. She actually... <laughs> she's the equivalent of something... Well, y'all know what creadeas are, or Rocky Mountain Oysters. <laughs> yeah. That happens. Yep. But, you know, I could go very foul in other way with this, but, you know, because it's a child and, you know, I'm not going the loot route on this one, man, because I just can't. Oh, you man. know, it is what it is. Y'all know how old the rail was, the reckless in the days of the lawless. So, oh, boy. Y'all should be glad that I toned it down for this one. <laughs> Seriously. We have, we have 75% quality to rail. Not quite 100%. That's too much for people. <laughs> hey, that's 75% y'all should be grateful for. It, yeah. Mm. I mean, you know, the Umbras were pretty, the Umbra hands were pretty um, interesting, you know. But Sketch, take it away with more if you, you know, so we can finish up. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, Rico and Prushka rescue Rag from his predicaments and they escape with Nanachi. And they come up with a plan to try to kill Bondrude because they uh, notice that the uh, area that they're in is near a stingerhead nest. That is not stingerheads are like scorpion things. So I don't know what those other things were called, but the stingerheads are the big scorpion things. So they try to set up a trap for Bondrude, which he falls for, I guess. <laughs> But he manages to get out of it fairly unscathed, uh, except uh, one of his bodies dies. (laughs) And this is the moment where we realize that he doesn't inhabit just one body. (laughs) He inhabits all of his umbra hands if he wants to. Uh, And this is such... This is such an interesting, creepy reveal. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we got you, Bondrude. Well, hang on a sec. Who's this uh, Umbra Hands hanging out for? Wait, what's he doing? He's pulling why, the mask off? Why has he got his mask? Why is he putting why's, his mask on? Why is he putting the mask on? <laughs> <laughs> and this is, quote unquote, the Umbra Hand that they were supposed to trust. Yeah. <laughs> And all through that fight, it was just a really great fight. I mean, definitely watch this movie for the fights. The fights are awesome. Yes. Uh, in this first fight that they have with Bondrude, he's constantly being like, oh, that's magnificent that you can do that. <laughs> like, that is that is his spiel. Anything that fascinates him, he's he's sure to compliment you. He's very right, complimentary. Right at the moment. Uh, when you're kicking his butt because he doesn't really think you can win. Yeah, he's uh, he's definitely looking down on you, but he's also very impressed at what you're capable of. Uh, and, I know what it was called in that sketch. It was called um, uh, Amarathine Deceptor. That's what yeah, that's it. That's what they were. Nasty little bugs. Oh, yeah. They're basically parasites, man. Yeah, they, um, they burrow into you and... They do stuff to keep you alive so that you can be yeah. the uh, the basically bait you're for like somebody a, else. 
Think of Matrix, but painful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very painful. Damn, Ugh. I've been giving a lot of references tonight. Well, I mean, there's clearly a lot being borrowed. Um, made of us taking ideas from different things and just kind of mixing it all up into a oh god, why stew? <laughs> yeah, uh, right. For sure. Uh, so, Frushka has passed out and gets captured by the Umber Hand who turns out to be Bondrude now. And uh, now Rico, Reagan, Nanachi are trying to hatch a plan to uh, cut off the ability for Bondrude to transfer his consciousness. So they go and deal with the Zoaholic and Reg like cuts the power from it and takes it in from himself, which makes him supercharged and super violent. Like he loses his mind and is he manages to come out of that thanks to Nanachi giving him a hug. Yeah, Power of hugs is real. Well, she is fluffy, man. So, yeah, I would Absolutely. hug her too, man. Nanachi I mean, is very fluffy. They are yes. very fluffy. Exactly. The power of Loof. The power exactly. of Loof compels f- me. <laughs> you beat me to it. I was literally about to say the same thing. Yeah, sketch. <laughs> Around this uh... time... Rico becomes aware that Bondrude's been chopping up his kids and taking the important parts to keep living oh. and sticking them in cartridges. Yeah, this is some of where where the really unsettling stuff starts to really take place. Yeah, really, really disturbing. So, uh. Like that is just absolutely disgusting. Oh yeah, some somewhere along the lines, they also learned that um, a white whistle used to be somebody. Any any white whistle that exists used to be a living person. White whistles are people. They're people. Yeah. And I'm like, well, gee, I guess we can't get to the sixth layer unless we got a white whistle. Don't worry. That problem will solve itself. I uh, guess. Kind of. <laughs> it, it's really screwed up when you think about it. Like, this place is literally designed to just screw with people uh, and, and force you to sacrifice people to keep going. Like, whatever the abyss is, whoever made it's really screwed up. Yeah. Yeah, well, I I very much doubt it's man-made, but... I've had this dumb running theory in my head that it's like a lost spaceship or something. And it's an interesting theory. I could be wrong. I, I'm not, like, married to that, but I, I... The reason I feel like it's not natural is the rest of the world does not appear to be like this. So why only this one spot? Hmm. Well, that is a fair question. Anyway, uh, at this point, we get flashbacks to Prushka's early life and find out that uh, when she was a, a wee a wee child, she was transported to the fifth lair, but experienced some of the curse, and it left her so mentally damaged that everybody was a, pretty much willing to give up on her. But 
Bondru decided to change his approach and uh, hugged her and said that she would be his daughter and gave her a little menya and tried to nurture her back to health. And over time, she eventually uh, stabilizes and grows up to be a fairly happy, functional little girl. She's probably a teenager at this point, though it's hard to tell with how short she is, but she does have development, so so to speak. But she's still very, very, very small. Uh, So at this point, we learned that Bondrude is raising this child for the purpose of using that child's love to give him even greater power when he eventually uses her as one of his cartridges. <sighs> Jeez, man. Like I told you, man, he made Shao Tucker look like a saint, and he's basically the Orochimaru of the abyss. When you compare him to Shao Tucker, Shao Tucker clearly loved his daughter and cared about her, but he snapped. He he was put under extreme pressure, and he snapped, and he did something freaking horrible. Exactly. This guy is not under that kind of pressure. He's just doing it. No, himself. dude, he's a sociopath, man. He ha- oh, yeah. he cares all about himself, man. This guy's just like, oh, well, you know, my research requires it, so, all right, let's do this thing. I mean, I hate to say it, man. Even Orochimaru has somewhat of a heart, man. Yeah, I mean, definitely by the end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, at this point, everybody's like, oh, there's Orochimaru. Remember when he was so, so evil? Yeah, we don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> Just like Bruno. Jeez. That is a not sure if it's entirely earned redemption arc, but I digress. <laughs> it is what it is, man. Kona Hob loves burying the secrets. It sure does. Oh, yeah. And you know else who has secrets? Bontrude has mm-hmm. secrets. So we see in a fight between him and Reg where he's being forced to use up his cartridges, he uh, is shown to be able to take on what he considers the blessing and gain some floof as well as like like uh, uh, dragon legs and a tail and all manner of other things and a whole bunch of eyes like we're we're starting to look like some kind of biblical monster here. <laughs> Just a wee little bit. Uh, but eventually he you know, he runs out of cartridges, and his very last cartridge, we sadly determine, used to be Prushka. And we learned this because the cartridge shoots out, and Minya runs over and starts licking up the liquid that's leaking out of the cartridge. Uh. And you're like, ah! What the fuck? That, that is a good description of the movie in general. It's, it's so horrible. It is. It's just so horrible. 
And the fight continues. They cleverly, uh, Rico uses Greg's severed arm to fire the incinerator at Bondrude and do some massive damage to him. But he doesn't die because he's got his other consciousnesses he can uh, pass around. Supposedly, they had some kind of agreement not to completely kill him. I don't know. I don't know why they would agree to that. I don't know, man. He was a threat, dude. Just go ahead and end him. Seriously. They really uh, should have killed him. He like a serious unaliving. But it was Prushka's wish that he not die. Uh, Sometimes you just can't um, honor a certain request. That was one mm-hmm. time that you don't. And then Rico sees that she's holding on to the cartridge that used to be Prushka, which is pulsating and spewing liquid, and Rico's trying to put uh, the liquid back in. It's, it's so disturbing. Yeah. So disturbing. That was like a lot of liquid DNA. Yeah. Uh, yes, it was. Uh, and then a little white skeleton type thing pops out, and it seems to be the uh, incomplete form of a white whistle, which yeah. is what is required for them to continue down to the sixth layer and uh, somewhat surprisingly Bondrew doesn't take it from them he says that the whistle belongs to Rico because that's what Prushka wanted he's a really weird character in that he doesn't really regard other people and yet he seemed to care about honoring someone's wishes I I don't understand. He also, in his own sickening way, honors all of the children that he grinded t- to mush. Yeah, he literally still takes care of them, man, in his own way. He does. It, 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 he names them as they are sh- no longer among the living. He recognizes the hollows at the bottom of the pit where he's left so many of his failures to just live there. <laughs> He's a very yeah. odd character because he, he I'm not gonna call him a good person in the slightest, no, but there, there's something there there's almost a personal honor to him that's very unique. He has a code of some sort. I mean, that yeah. much you can say. At least he has that much human decency. But he kinda like uh let's see. He's a real ask for forgiveness rather than permission. Yeah. In the worst way possible. I mean, I don't know who I dislike more, him or Ozen, because Ozen was kind of crazy, too. Uh, I like Ozen. Ozen was actually like someone who seemed to care, though, like. Yeah, she's a little twisted, but she's a little twisted, but, not, but like she, but not Bunjuru twisted, but no, 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 no. no, no. Uh, I would a, take Ozen a million times over Bunjuru. Think yeah. about Bunjuru. That is probably the most disturbing. Is he genuinely seems to have a love 
for all of these children. It's just such a twisted form of it that yeah. it's absolutely abhorrent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, with that, the uh, elevator to make it down to the sixth layer has uh, opened up and our group decide to uh, enter it. And the journey continues in season two. And now we watch the movie so you don't have to. Yeah. You should I, be grateful. <laughs> I still would generally recommend that people check it out. I, know, I can't Even say though not it's to watch extremely it. uncomfortable at points. It is very well made and it it's good storytelling. Legit. It is. It, it is. It's just disturbing. That's yeah. all. Oh, yeah. But then I haven't gotten there yet, but I've heard about season two. So uh, buckle up. Season two is pretty sick. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, I'm just gonna tell you, it is pretty sick, man. I, I, I am. Um, all right. So season two starting this week. I want to give you listeners a heads up that the very first moment of that episode could be triggering. Yeah. It oh. involves a minor and sexual assault. Oh dear. Yeah. And. Y'all know how I feel about that kind of stuff, man. I mean, I almost gave up on this, and I'm really not sure how far I'm going to continue with Made in Abyss because there are things that really disturb me with it. And it is yeah, very You almost wonder why this movie wasn't the point of no return. It was you for, for Kuro. <laughs> it was for Kuro, and I, I don't blame respect her. that. I don't blame her one little bit, and I, I've been debating with all I'm hearing about season two. Especially right now, I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I mean, the thing I is, almost uh, can't believe they're playing it. <laughs> there I mean, is some disturbing stuff in there. I mean, I don't know how much more I can deal with because it's just certain things that just don't sit right with me. <clears throat> I mean, uh, it's just kind of hard to talk about, folks, especially when you probably dealt with some of this kind of stuff. Yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it's I feel a, that that we are reaching the threshold where it's no longer enjoyable enough to look past all of this gross stuff. This shit is not That's, forgivable, man. That is like, about how I was feeling by the end of season two. Like, I don't know if I want to continue this. To be honest with you, I think I'm. Depending on how I feel, man, I think I'm just going to give up on it. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's... I'm not dead invested in it to the point where I'm like, you know, I just got to watch this. I would like to see where the story goes, but I'm also very concerned that if it's just getting worse and worse and worse, I might hit that point. I yeah. mean, it's, it's not the first time I'm going to drop stuff because, trust me, Goblin Slayer. Oh, God. I dropped dead as soon as I saw what happened, man. That was a big-ass trigger. Um, I did the same Well, like, Shield Heroes, you know, some things that were said that pissed me the fuck off about slaves. You know, that's something that strikes home with me, you know. I know it's not for everybody. You know, everybody is different on their views and stuff. Like, it's just, but it hits home with me for my own reasons. Well, whenever you're dealing with anything that's touchy subject matter, 
everyone's going to have a different point of no return. Yeah, and I was like, y'all don't understand, you know, if you never, um, if you never been taught that history, you know, people got mad at me probably when I was dragging the queen in England. I was like, there are some things that y'all don't know that were taught to me in my history that I have to deal with. And I was like, in 1905, they stole the star of Africa from South Africa. That is actually something that's part of the crown jewels. And a lot of, like, 90% of Africa's treasures are actually in other places in the world. But that's here no there for that. But look, tangent over with, but made in the abyss, you know, I say if you want to continue to press on, then go ahead. The story has me confused. You know, it's interesting. Not so much it doesn't confuse me, but it's just the way and the approach how things have been going. And, you know, assault on a minor, you know, in a sexual manner. Y'all know how I feel about that right there. That that never. That's well, I don't think anybody's going to be like, ooh, I want to see it now. I think everyone's <laughs> the, gonna be, uh, You'd be surprised that some people want to see thing those is, kind of things. Whenever these things happen in this show, it's it's never depicted like it's acceptable. It's always depicted as this is a horrible thing that happened and this has scarred this person. By the way, that character is not Rico. It's not anybody that we have met so far. Just so you know. It's yeah, but it's it's literally the first thing that happens in the episode. You're like, oh, okay, well, this is made in the best, all right. Oof. <laughs> and later in the episode, more gross but less disturbing things happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the abyss is definitely incredibly fucked up. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, so this is what I'll say about the second season. It not only follows the journey of our trio down to the sixth layer, but it also tells the story of a previous group of explorers that came down there a long time ago, like maybe even before Orth existed. And that's an interesting juxtaposition. Uh, those two timelines come to a head and things that happened way, way, way back when certainly matter to what's going to happen to our trio. If you've seen the preview that Toonami has aired, which is, by the way, a very good preview, uh, they did a much better job promoting the second season than the first. Yeah, I'd do that. Oh, yeah. I suppose, in fairness, they wanted to, you know, bury the lead with the with the first promo. But I mean, this show's called Made in Abyss. Come on. So you you get a you get a look at this village of hollows. Yeah, it's. You, you see that uh, you know, it's a fascinating place with all manner of creatures, many of them shaped like genitalia. And uh, our trio have found themselves in this village and get to deal with all the quirks of the village and the storied history thereof as they try to continue their journey. So that's kind of your precursor. It continues to have fantastic music, good animation, really creative design work, and uh, you'll probably find yourself liking a lot of the new characters, maybe disliking some of them. <laughs> but uh, 
I'll leave uh, I'll leave the rest to those who are watching. Don't have to take my word for it. <laughs> I do plan on reliving it on Toonami. I haven't seen more than a bit of the dub, so I thought I'd rewatch it on Toonami and see everybody's live reactions as they happen, because that's the that's fun gonna part. Be so I'm going <laughs> to be the new Kuro. You're going to watch me suffer in Kuro's place. Yes. Yes, exactly. Suffer. All right. Well, as long as I know where I stand, that's fine. <laughs> Good night, and everybody. you will suffer. Oh, I'm sure. There will be suffering. Yeah, I might just look at y'all. I might just watch it just for the hell, just to see our reactions. Because if I had to see this, y'all gonna have to see this too, and I really want y'all to suffer. Yeah. Oh dear. So that's your precursor to Made in Abyss Season 2. And honestly, you know, you've, you've gotten this far into this podcast, so I'm not concerned about you not knowing what happened. But some people are concerned that uh, viewers are going to be confused and stop watching because of that confusion. But I, I really think that's the case. They'll probably be like, oh, why is Reg missing an arm? And what's this other white whistle that Rico has? That's about it. Because otherwise, like, okay, they just kept going through the abyss. Yeah, they just kept going through the abyss. Yeah, because once you hear a calling it Pushka, you'll understand why. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's like, why is Rico calling that white whistle a name? Pushka. There's a reason for that. Oh, you also might be wondering what what what's that little pink thing hanging out with him? <laughs> Minya. Oh. Oh, that's gonna be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But honestly, it's it's not that. It, it's it's not like yes. This these are plot important things because. You really want to know what <laughs> what Bondrude's been up to all this time because that really uh, shows a lot of what the Abyss is capable of. But yeah, is it yeah. story essential? Not necessarily. Still, I would recommend that you watch it, even if you've chosen not to watch it and just listen to us talk about it. You can watch it on Hulu. You can watch it on High Dive. You can... Rent it on digital platforms. You could buy it. There's your options. It's unfortunate that Tanami couldn't play the movie. But, you know, movies are kind of a hard sell. You only get to show them once. They're expensive. And look, Tanami doesn't have a lot of money right now. <laughs> no, they don't. We're, we're, we're very lucky that they managed to score a recently dubbed show that was just from the summer season. Antibalas. Yeah, it's... Yeah, there there was some question of whether or not Lupin was really something that they got from Sentai, but seeing as it replaced Maiden Abyss and then Maiden Abyss kind of replaced it, I feel like, yeah, it was a Sentai license and they can, like, get one Sentai thing at a time. Maybe we'll get Lupin Zero in the near future. Uh, yeah, it's coming to High Dive, so that's possible. <laughs> I would not be surprised if they even played Lupin 
third part one. I <laughs> would actually love that um, because it's actually really fun. I've I got the Blu-ray a while ago. It's it's a good. That it's would really uh, bust down the barriers of things are too old to air on Toonami. <laughs> yes, it would. But, but Jason has said he is looking into classic anime that haven't aired on Toonami before. That's uh, be that'd definitely be one for the bucket list. I've definitely got a lot on your list, although a lot of those are in the no-go zone of Crunchyroll now. Yeah. Crunchyroll still ain't got half of the shit that we were supposed to have once they did the Monopolies are fun, kids. No, they're not, kids. No, they're not. <laughs> but you know what? Nothing good came from it. <laughs> I'll put it to you like this. If you really want to hurt these companies, you're really going to have to start not spending your money. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough if you're trying to put the screws to Sony because they own a lot of things. I know. Yeah, I'm trying to add a little bit of pressure, but God knows it's gonna do anything. No, so, because they got income coming in from different other places, streams income. So, well, at the very least, they did not recast Iruma Kun. Which is still being dubbed at Bang Zoom. I am taking yes. that as a positive sign, and I am crossing my fingers and hoping that they're just—they don't want to admit that they screwed up, but they're going to change course. That's what I'm hoping is going on. They know they screwed up, man, but you know, that's too much like right if they were to admit it. And I'm talking about—I don't see nothing wrong with taking accountability and saying, "Hey, oh, I'm with you. I'm totally with you." But you know, these companies have like weird pride issues. But as long as they actually do... Companies never admit no, their mistakes. They're not going to admit a mistake. But you know, if they change course, to me, that's good enough. Yeah. Because I was genuinely concerned about basically any Los Angeles dub that Crunchyroll had previously commissioned. Yeah, I was too. So, that's a good sign. It makes the mob situation all the more baffling. But uh, we can hope that it's a reaction to... All the crap they got for doing that. <laughs> and if it's not, then the, I guess they just really wanted to prioritize same day release, which is funny because they don't even promote that on their Twitters. Like they have two Twitters where they could be promoting Mob Psycho's dub and they don't. Uh, hmm. I think they know exactly what will happen if they do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, even a completely unrelated thing. It's like people are uh, handing it to them. They 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 have taken the biggest L on social media I've seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. So that brings me to uh, another interesting development with Tsunami's upcoming schedule that they are only looking to be rerunning three episodes of my hero academia season five what could that mean well That's a good question the somewhat obvious theory is they'll probably get season six how they accomplish it your guess is as good as mine but i would figure it's either the pre-existing contracts keeping them from walking away or Maybe a little pressure from the Japanese companies involved. The only thing I can think of, if it's going where we hope it goes, and I really do hope it goes there, is that maybe they were able to kind of be like, hey, we have this existing relationship for this show. What if we are significantly behind 
the uh, the simuldub release. Because there's already three episodes out right now on Crunchyroll. By the time we get to three more, that's that's almost half of half of a uh, season right there. Yeah. Well, we we can theorize that. I don't. But know you know what would be funny. You know what would be funny if that was just keeping the space warm for Bleach. That would be amazing. I don't know why they couldn't play Bleach this day after Hulu puts it up. Just seems real weird that they would put out the dub on Friday when the simulcast is on Monday, unless there was a reason for doing it. But that reason is not to be airing on Toonami on November 5th, unfortunately. So, I, I don't know. If you if you don't want to wait, I don't hold it against you. Just watch Bleach however you want. <laughs> Consume it how you want, people. Yes. In Guys, Japanese, dubbed. Coming, <laughs> coming to on. something. Whether or not it's coming to Tsunami, I don't know. But it's coming. Uh, if it comes to Tsunami, I can just, you know, kind of tell people up there is because they say they want to come back to Tsunami. That's the only reason why I wanted to come back. But <laughs> if it doesn't, you know, but Bleach always came back in some form because, you know, you had the voice actors of Bleach doing some other anime that was on there. True. So I, I was like, Bleach never as, dies, baby. As dim as it feels not getting, you know, a bunch of the anime. I actually think Toonami's going to come out of the stronger because, if I'm being honest, I almost never watch stuff on actual Toonami because it's on, on Funimation now Crunchyroll, it's on High Dive, it's on this or that, and I'm already watching all of those. You want to know what I tuned into Toonami for? Housing Complex C, <laughs> Shenmue, Black Lotus, Fena. These originals are actually going to be to tune in because I can't see them anywhere else. Precisely. And about Housing Complex C, now we already had an episode where uh, various members of our staff have talked about how they feel about that show. But hey, the three of us weren't on that podcast, so... I, I do want to say I appreciate the shout-out for people saying I was right. I, I am Kimi's prophet. He was right. There was a time displacement nonsense uh-huh. going on. I'm just happy because I'm usually wrong. <laughs> a good theory yeah you 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 could have you could have been like well that's a theory but nah but you stuck to your guns i i felt like it just felt like it clicked that's that's all but i honestly say i i really feel like that finale just landed perfectly i have no complaints yeah i think it was a very good ending I am a little bummed that it amounted to two fairly long exposition dumps. Yeah, it, it, it could, the show would have done better with like another episode or two, probably just one, just to. You know, that's that's what uh, some of the other folks are saying. But you know, this is this is my thought. Not enough happened in the first two episodes. They should have combined. Bind the first two into the first episode, then have like elements of the first two into the first episode. Then episode three was episode two, and then episode three could be like the first half of this with Taka explaining all about the lore, 
and you kind of end with the chase. You know, that's fair. I think that could totally work. Um, as and much the fourth as... episode would be, you know, Kimmy finally showing herself to oh, gosh. Yuri. That was amazing. I love yours. Like, ah, ha, ha, I'm going to kill you. Ha, ha, ha. Uh-huh, sure you are. <laughs> that was one of my favorite scenes I've seen. I'm just like, you don't know what you've done. <laughs> oh, Kimmy's just so over it. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, you know, you're actually pretty stupid. Yeah, some <laughs> stupidity is to be expected. I was going to let this all slide, but you messed with Housing Complex C, and I cannot let that. <laughs> I'm actually kind of sad with the way it ended. Um, not not like it's bad. You know, it's, it's a great ending, but it's, it's, it's kind of sad because all she wanted was a place to belong and people that she cared about to be there, and it's, it's all gone now. Yeah, it all had to be ruined by the Koshide family. They all had to be crazy psychopaths. <sighs> great. <laughs> yeah... Hey, I mean, I guess that Cthulhu knife that I spotted was really a Cthulhu knife, though. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to... Okay, so so Kimi's not Cthulhu. No, she's not. Kuzululu is the Cthulhu... uh, Like, the rename of Cthulhu that that the Koshide family, particularly the father of the Koshide family, is... He worships that deity. And so do all of the fish creatures. Kimi is the other thing I can't pronounce. <laughs> Starts with a Y. And she is a reality-shifting god that can revive other gods. And uh, that's uh, that's interesting. I feel, in a sense, this pulled a reverse Fena ending. And I mean that as in, at the end of Fena somebody was telling the sort of god what they need to do and they have to make this choice between resetting the world or leaving it as it is and in housing complex c the god is monologuing to the normal person about what she's going to do because everything got screwed up. Yeah, I could see that comparison. Also, very stupidly, one went from white to black, the other went from black to white. Yeah, that's true. Now I can uh, understand why some people would feel like that's a bit of a, <laughs> a cop-out and surprisingly similar to Fena's ending in a way. But at the same time, I feel like Housing Complex earned it. <laughs> yeah Fena not so much just well, felt really abrupt and Fena had a lot of unanswered threads it had a lot of hey we're gonna redeem this villain but not Why? really we're gonna we're gonna say we redeemed him but we really didn't do anything to actually do that cool here Honestly, all of the major threads are resolved. As much as I personally would love to see more, th- it stands alone on its own just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
the seemingly the only survivors are Kimi and Khan. Which, uh, well, uh, also, Khan, uh, because he, uh, he, he uh, yeeted out of there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rubel, the smartest guy yes. in a horror movie. He just realized like, ah, he was and... in a horror movie and decided to get the hell out of Dodge. Smartest thing like, I'm out of here. <laughs> it's like, wrong name, but yes. Rubel is just not Rubel. having any of that. Rubel's and... like, let me see here. I am a brown man in a horror scenario. I am leaving. <laughs> Goodbye. Exactly. You're not taking Khan with you? No, Khan <laughs> decided to stay. And he's the only one that stayed that lived. Yeah. Only because Kimi protected him. Yes, I lo- I do love that reversal from the beginning where we think, oh god, he's gonna go psycho and kill some kids. Or, oh, what? And then, like, in the middle, it's like, oh no, what's gonna happen to him to make him go crazy? No, no nothing. He He was protecting Kimi. I love that. I love that it didn't change anything about what actually happened. It just changed your perspective. So it was all true from a certain point of view. Yes. An optical illusion. An optical illusion. Yes. But uh, I love this. This was... I, I really do want more, but I don't know that you can do more. Hmm. Well... Uh, I could probably expand upon it in some ways, but I'm not entirely sure how they would go about that. That's kind of how I feel about it. Like, there are things you could do, but... Like, what's Kimi gonna do next? Housing Complex F, where we skip (laughs) D&E. Housing Complex F, or fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) uh, That's how Kimi was feeling at the end there. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. That was the most gruesome thing to happen to a little girl on Toonami next to Mitty. Yeah. And yeah. Nina. And you want to know what, though? <sighs> this one was earned, and so I was literally cheering the whole time, even though it was horrible. I'm like, yeah, you like, earned this. Man, Yuri, you two-faced bitch. Exactly! So it was like, this horrible. oh, you're a god? Oh, Oh, I'm sorry that I said you were boring. Oh, let me worship you. I'll do anything for you. Uh, who do you want me? Who do you want me to kill for you? I'll kill anyone you want. Oh what a, God, what's what, going on? What's what's this moss? It's like, thank you. Shut her up, please. <laughs> I, I have never been happier to see someone get exactly what they deserved. I knew that girl was sus. Oh yeah, there was something. Yeah. Something <laughs> well, it's time to eject her. Somebody <laughs> oh. press the emergency button. <laughs> oh, Let me get man. your parents. Oh, here's his arm. Well, here's her thigh. Was... Yeah, that's great. I, I honestly well, that was kind of interesting. Am, you know I... what? This is taking too long. Here's the rest. I honestly would have loved to have seen their perspective as that was happening to them because that also would have been pretty satisfying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that would have been. Like, What's going on? What is going on? <laughs> they were garbage, man. They were horrible. Um, and I was sussing on him in the first episode, but I forgot about it. But he in the first episode, he's like, oh, yeah, they have no idea. Why yeah, that's that's like the one good clue that there was something up with the Koshide. That and, other than, again, other the than knife. knife. Yeah. But I really yeah. feel like they could have foreshadowed that better. Yeah, there could have been more hints. There could have been. And it's because... Like the the whole time the show is trying to make you think that somebody's mind controlling Khan or some of the other interns or 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 something, 
and there's their optical illusions. But there's really no there's really no uh there's only just a, a, a few minor hints that the rest of Yuri's family are psychos. If you watch the opening, you're already going to be thinking, eh, something, something sus about well, that, Yuri. The thing about that is, is the, the mom looks like she was just kind of going along because she was being pressured into it almost. Yeah, she was, but she obviously was... Uh... Not not against the idea, but not like wouldn't have done it on her own, is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta say, though, that was one hell of a genjutsu to be in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't infinite sukiyomi, but it's up there. <laughs> oh, the infinite filler yomi is on its way. <laughs> Good one. Oh, oh boy. Thursday. <laughs> I'm sure, Darrell, you appreciate it in the first episode when they're like, no, drinking is very important. <laughs> Trust me, I think I, I grin from ear to ear on that because y'all know my views on drinking. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I have be, beyond, the, well, beyond the realm of what I am now. I am literally ultra instinct drinking. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the drink one step beyond. Exactly. Y'all not oh, move from God tier on that, man, because Sketch has seen me drink. <laughs> I think you and I are polar opposites because I'm the weirdo that doesn't drink. It's okay. I drink your portion for you. There you go. You you and I make one normal person. Look here, my like one of my frat brothers literally said he's like, Oh, here comes the rail. That's my drinking double. He's like, I'm gonna have a drink in my hand, then switch your drill. Woo! It's like, yep. But seriously, I can drink people under the table. And over the table. Uh, yes, I can. <laughs> I mean, when people see me drink, it's like he wasn't lying, people. Like, <laughs> especially the first year at MomoCon, Jose was like, when we went to the green room, Jose was like, Darrell, I get drunk. Do not drink a lot of alcohol. <laughs> like, I make no promises, but I'll behave. Because I could have drunk a whole lot more than what I did. <laughs> Do you uh, okay. have any additional thoughts on Housing Complex C, Darrell? No, I'm good, man. Y'all pretty much summed it up, though, man. I'm just glad that, uh, you know, <laughs> the Koshihide's got everything, you know, they deserve. Especially Yuri. It was yeah. a moment. It was like the coming up is that I, de- I just... Chef's kiss. <laughs> oh, yes. That's yes, awesome. when that... When the... The body parts spilled down. I was uh, remembering the initial visual preview that we got for Housing Complex C, where a fairly similar thing happened. So with Ki- I, I would say that exchange with Yuri and Kimi, I was like, you can really say, let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whew, okay, I'm done. There's one thing. With the opening sequence, they showed, like characters running around in the caves and the caves doing weird things and it's like i wanted to see some of that that would have been pretty neat like in that last episode they could have done some other cool things with the caves but maybe maybe that's something that we can have fun with in in some sort of a continuation or something maybe kimi tries it again who knows Mm, maybe 
mean, at this point, I think she's just done. I think she's just done, too, but, you know. Because human beings really are trash, man. Can be. We really can be. Oh, trust me, man. I deal with human beings over the telephone. Man, I work retail. Trust me, I know. Yes, sir. So you already know. Retail sucks, people. Don't ever work it. retail for three years and tech support for about eight. Uh, and also, you know, Christmas is coming around the corner real soon. The dreaded song will be coming out. Oh, no. I do, not. do not invoke its name. Yeah. No, I will. If we don't acknowledge it, it might not happen. Dude, trust me, I have people on my timeline right now on Facebook Jeez. saying they can't wait to hear that song. And I was like, oh, why would you want that? I was like, like, I like like Christmas music, but I don't like that one. Dude, look here. The only thing I need to hear is the Temptations, man. And when I hear that. Just give me some translator uh, and I'm not happy. Hey, dude, you do not mess with this dang old Motown classic, man. That's good, too. That's good, too. Thank you. We got to make sure that we we remember that. I love the classics. Yes. But yeah, I think that's about it, man. I think we'd have just really went on a tangent. <laughs> we we did. So. The thing is, housing complex C as in its whole entirety was great. And even though it was a short lived series, I would actually watch that again, even if they did a second run on Tsunami. Yeah. I I think it I, probably I, is best viewed. As a marathon. I agree. Yeah. I would actually really hope they come out with a home video release for this because I would totally buy it just to show it to people and be like, look, here's a whole thing. It's it, that that's a single sitting viewing. And that that is one of the great strengths it has, honestly, for for as much as it had, you know, wish you could do reorganize, uh, reorganize some of the content around to get a little bit better. It's a banger, man. I It, it works really well. Yeah, and by the end of the third episode, it had a lot to account for, and it it managed to do so, which is impressive, seeing as this is the first uh, anime scenario that Amphibian has ever written. It's the first anime series that Studio Akatsuki has ever put together. So that's, that's pretty high marks. And Absolutely. personally... I would rank it somewhere around uh, second or third best Toonami original behind IGPX and Cooley Cooley Alternative. I would actually put it second, but I probably, uh, but only behind Fully Cool Alternative, but uh, right bef- right in front of IGPX. So, like, I about the same spot, really. Yeah, which, good. Yeah. Very good. Very good. It, you know, it could have been better, but for what it was, it's pretty dang solid. It could have uh, been better in the way that anything could be better, but it's it's rock solid. It's it's one of the best things I've seen them make ever. So yeah. I mean, I I really did enjoy it a lot. You know, I mean, like I said, it was short. Of course, they could have expanded on a couple of things, you know, just to stretch it out so, you know, you could get a little bit of understanding of what, what it was and what it was worth. It was really good. Hmm. As one more thing to say, uh, I, I'm really disappointed that there are people out there that are uh, very offended by the depiction of... Uh, 
Middle Eastern culture. Yeah, Yeah, that was interesting to come across because the show's very clearly not on the side of of the uh, racism. Of racism. Yeah, it was very clearly, don't do this. This is bad. And having someone go, oh, well, they're, they're portraying them poorly. I'm like, no, they're really not. Exactly. Now, I am a white Christian boy, so I won't speak for Muslims. Uh, same, to be honest. But I, I've seen, uh, I've seen Muslims depicted in other media, and I think compared to a lot of things, is very respectful. Yeah, I mean, I'm Khan just, is just literally a, an amazing character. He's a good dude. Yes, yes, he is. And it's interesting that that Kimi acknowledges Khan's deity. That is interesting. Yes, he says, "Your God I, I will forgive you. If your God will forgive you if you do this." I think that's what kind of touched Kimi, though. The fact that he was devout in that, you know. Yeah. And it came, the thing is, from Khan, it came from a place of kindness and understanding, though. Mm. But, you know, I really hate when people, you know, get things misconstrued and Mm. try to play the race card. Like, you know, of course, a lot of bad things happen, and I'm not going to dismiss that at all. You're allowed to feel the way you do, feel that, you know, how you feel is valid. Because I don't like that being, you know, my feelings concerns and views to be dismissed because it happens a lot, especially, you know, when you're, you know, someone ethnic race or your relief, you know, your religious beliefs. But when you see that something is actually depicting it and calling it out and showing like, this is a real world situation. But when you're trying to dig in something and try to blow it up and try to put a negative on it, then you're doing a disservice to it because I have seen plenty of things in my lifetime when it comes to you know, someone of another race, whether it be Muslim, Hindi, Christian, whatnot. And those depictions can be very bad. And it causes a, a rift between people. Well, anime in particular is actually yeah. really bad about this sort of thing. Uh, and so seeing them, you know, Go, oh, hey, here's these guys. They're doing their thing. And, you know, the locals are being uh, racist toward them. Hey, don't be racist. They weren't doing anything wrong. Don't be like this. That's a good message. And you exactly. can't hide from these sorts of things. You can't be like, and oh, that's... let's just pretend everyone, there are no racists and there are no bad people. And, and it was not even bad people. Like, how's it going to see it weren't bad people? They were just backwards and... Then they're like, oh, yeah, no, that don't be like that. And they're like, oh, yeah, maybe it won't be like that. That's a good message. Exactly. And the thing is, if some people, especially for you, some of the small-minded folks, anime really does call out a lot of things, injustice and racism in the world. I mean, they really show it, and they call it out. So it brings attention to a, a lot of people who wouldn't actually be exposed to this. Because, oh, trust me, it, this does a, a better black... job of uh, than than something else that I, I mean we talked about recently was the Fisherman Island arc, which I think I like more than the rest of you guys did. But while it's hamfisted and at certain places and kind of not doing it as well as it could, Fisherman Island does cover the topic of racism, say racism bad, and this does that too. But this does that in a more human way because we're not treating 
the the people who are being racist are not pure evil, but they are doing something wrong and they need to be corrected. And that is a much more likely scenario than coming across a bunch of evil people who want to murder people. Yeah. And it's... to be honest with you, yeah, being a black man, I trust me, I know what it's like to experience racism because I still experience it from time to time. And trust me, it's not a good feeling. No, I couldn't. That's the problem. Especially when I'm, especially when I'm dealing with ass backwards people. So sometimes I have to be professional, but there is a line that I will draw. I feel completely disrespected. I'm going to correct people, but you might not get corrected the way you think you're going to get corrected because it's fuck around and find out time. And I trust me, I will make you feel so fucking bad that your descendants are going to feel it for the next goddamn thousand years. All right. Okay. <laughs> let's finish up and let's do some dang on cleanup sketch so we can get up out of here. Yeah. You can email us at podcast at com. You can follow us on facebook.com backslash podcast and on Twitter at podcast. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including iTunes, Google Music, Spotify, Amazon. You can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com backslash Podcast. You can get the latest news by following at Toonami News on Twitter and read the news, views, and reviews on ToonamiPaypal.com. Okay, Laser, tell them where they can find you. Oh, you can find me on Twitter at LaserKidPrime. Uh, you can find my Toonami-focused uh, editorials right here on Toonami Faithful. And you can find me on the cavalcade of podcasts that uh, V-Lord does, uh, including the Demon Slayer podcast and the Dumb Weaves podcast, among many others. All right. And Mr. Durrell, where can they find you? As always, you can find me at Ukami underscore seven at Twitter.com, or you can find me on my other one. Uh, underscore Rohad and I see at twitter.com and that's pretty much it for these days people all right you can find me on twitter at sketch 1984 and I had some uh, recent appearances on surreal resolutions podcast ONA uh, I think probably the most recent episode or maybe two of the most recent episodes Maybe not back-to-back. One was kind of their typical news podcast. They talked about... uh, What was the convention that was recent? (laughs) Not not this past weekend, but... uh, I don't remember. Maybe it was the Anime Expo. Yeah, I think they were covering Anime Expo on that one. Uh, There's that one. Uh, And then the the podcast where I had a lot more to say was the, uh, the new fall season podcast where we talk about the shows of the fall season including returning shows like spy family and my hero academia and new shows like chainsaw man oh yeah yeah that was a good time uh so check that out on surreal resolutions podcast ona you can look up podcast ona on your preferred podcast search engines but definitely it's on uh iTunes slash Apple whatever. <laughs> what is it called these days? <laughs> Apple Play? I have Why no did... idea, dude. I See, don't mess with Apple. It was Google. It was Google Play. 
Apple, something. I don't know. Still iTunes to me. It's still iTunes to everybody. You can't just rebrand that. <laughs> it will always be iTunes. Uh, anyway, uh, we are looking forward to continuing the journey of Made in Abyss with all of you who are willing to continue the journey. And we will occasionally touch back on that show uh, along with talking about some other shows that are have recently finished, such as uh, Lupin. We're due for a conversation about that. Kuro really wants to do that and uh, try to get that done soon. And we will also hopefully have more news to discuss in the coming weeks. But uh, <laughs> it could be a couple of weeks. They do like to make us wait <laughs> until like one or two weeks before <laughs> such yeah, is the way it goes the element of surprise people the element of surprise yeah something like that so uh it is a bit of a bummer that tsunami has seemingly cut down an hour and no more double one pieces alas <sighs> couldn't last forever I'm hey. just glad they got through Fishman Island because, oh. oh. Gosh, me too, me too. And hey, we're in Punk Hazard. You gotta love Punk Hazard. Yeah, Punk Hazard is a bit more palpable <laughs> one episode a week than Fishman Island ever was. But boy, I really hope we go back to two episodes a week once they get to Dress Rosa. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's fine that Toonami used to trimmed the fat a little bit because you know <laughs> they got to stretch out their content they, they don't know when the next meal is coming <laughs> so to speak <laughs> so for now we got made into best season two which hopefully this podcast has prepared you for and uh beyond that <laughs> who knows maybe my hero season six maybe something else things are coming We'll let you know when we know. So until next time, thank you for listening. And we're punching out. When you are <laughs> Bondrood and you don't know right from wrong, make a little whistle. Make a little whistle. <laughs> Doses! <laughs> <laughs>